Ciro3D.com features a wide variety of innovative products for the Harley touring market, as well as other types. Hey Liza, that's us. We're the other types. I'm checking out this site right now. They have a well-rounded product line, from chrome to lighting and comfort. Hell yeah they do, they got a lot of chrome. And a bunch of LED lighting accessories. You know what that means, right? Less stress on your stator. Zero3D.com takes a clean slate approach to design and manufacturing. Yeah, I'm checking out the Cypher Air Cleaner. It's pretty minimalist, but it still has exotic styling. Distributed in the United States by Drag Specialties, in Europe, Parts Europe and Zodiac, and in Asia by Twin Art. Passion for design and innovation. Always something new to see at Ciro3D.com. Yo, Liza, why are you talking like that? Because the ladies love it. <laughs> I like it. Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits. Here in the new year, 2018. This is our first show. Woohoo! 2018. That's and right. We are once again recording adjacent to the Recycle Garage, still in sunny Santa Cruz, but we are in the brand new train slash motorcycle room. I think we should still call it the train room, even though it's half motorcycles on the walls. Just about. For anyone who hasn't seen, I've posted some pictures up on uh, our Facebook page. Um, well, yeah, what do y'all think of this room? Pretty cool. Some bikes are it's bigger warm. than the trains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to scale, obviously. I feel and like I'm in a bomb shelter that might collapse on me at any minute. That's how I feel. Yeah, <laughs> it, does, it does feel a little um, like if there was an earthquake, I feel like we, there would be a lot of projectiles. Yeah, we'd be pelted with 20-pound <laughs> locomotives. I love it. Duck and I think there's a great. fetish for this somewhere. But what, yeah, it's cool. What I will say is all the, the motorcycles that are on the wall actually are actual motorcycles and typically hold historic significance. So in that sense, when I get really bored of listening to Liza talk about shit and I just drift off and start staring at motorcycles, it's quite <laughs> occupying. So mm -hmm. Thank you. I want to hide some in there that are like little Lego bikes that Is don't that actually pertain to anything and see how long it takes her to notice. <laughs> I, I think this room is a bit like uh, being John Malkovich, but it's being Liza and Craig Miller. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like inside our two brains. Mm -hmm. Toy yeah. trains that are literally from floor to ceiling. Yeah, toys that make no sense. Yeah, sounds about and right. Motorcycles, but hey, everybody, welcome. Um, welcome. Wow, this you is... forgot to say it was sunny. What the fuck? We don't Wait, say uh, sunny Santa Cruz anymore. Yeah. It was sunny. I we did. Okay, good. It is. The We're new next year, to and we are here. Hey, let's talk about who is in the room. Hey, everyone, this is Liza, and next to me we've got Sonia. Hello, and then running the board is Bagel. What's up, honey? <laughs> <laughs> on the classy girl couch we've got Ooh. douglas hey back again <laughs> coming up next also on the classy girl couch we've got sean <laughs> rock on <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we'll get to that coming around the bend on the train side of the room we've got naked jim why'd you have to tell me i'm on the train side that sounds dirty <laughs> <laughs> what i will say is it's a new year uh happy 2018 and quads still suck yeah <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> exactly. And then next to that, we've got Cat. Hi. Lord of mercy. And uh, <laughs> no doubt coming in in some sort of flurry of noise and 
mess will be. Probably, Hurricane Bex. Yeah, Bex <laughs> and maybe Henry coming in. Um, normally, this is where we get into what we did today, but I'm changing things up. So I wanted to just get right into why Sean is here and what we're going to talk about. So let me just run down what we're going to be talking about tonight. First of all, we've got our guest, Sean Thomas, here. Thanks for coming, Sean. Uh, the honor's mine. Um, you've got quite a long career in motorcycles, which is really exciting, and it goes hand-in-hand hand about how I'm always bragging about the, uh, the the group of bikers and motorcyclists that we have here in Northern California that we have access to that are doing big shit. So that's pretty cool. cool. Um, we also are going to have, oh, we've got some stuff coming up. Tonight, including some big announcements, and let's just say there's going to be some swag being uh, given out today. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do a little uh, Dakar rally Dakar. update and uh, cover maybe a couple other things that I'm kind of fascinated with that I've been finding websites, stuff like that. Oh, come on. There's so much shit going on. We, so there's let's be so honest. Me and Liza were last night, we're over at my place, we're watching Supercross. First night of Supercross season in Anaheim. We start looking at the calendar, and next thing you know, every month there's a shitload of cool motorcycles, like motorcycle stuff going on. So shows, races, just rallies, yeah, stuff happening. So I just had to throw that in there. That, yeah. Oh yeah, I know. It's gonna I'm, be a good year. And it's not, some things are on the same day, so we're gonna figure Urgh, shit out. I know. I know there's I know. so much. But yeah, we're doing some even more traveling and going out there, but. Yeah. I mean, talking about traveling, Sean, you've been doing a lot of traveling the a last lot year, of, haven't you? Yeah, for a while. Last six months, I've been home maybe four days a month. Okay. Wow. So yeah. let's get to why Sean is here. Um, actually, let's go way back to when I first met Sean. <laughs> and I had just moved here to Santa Cruz, and I was living down by the beach, and I had this tiny little garage. You know those garages that if you park your car, you can barely open the door? But you can rent it for 1400 a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I had four bikes squeezed in there, and I would just pop the door open, and I was working on a bike. And along came this couple who just stopped and said, oh, hey, you got some bikes in there. Cool. And that was Sean and his wife just striking up conversation. Probably caught your attention because I had the BMW in there. That's huh? probably true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, I had the R1100 RT, the uh, Roadster 1600, the 83 GPZ 1100 in lime green and the um, oh, the Honda GB 500. You had one of those? I did. Oh, nice. I know. I know. And uh, ever since then, just every now and then I'd run into you. Back then you were working at, and I'm wearing the shirt. You are? A vintage? Yeah. It was, <laughs> called, it was called Santa Cruz BMW, but it was really yeah. in Watsonville, but it represented Santa yeah. Cruz County. Santa Cruz County. Yeah, it started exactly. in, in Santa Cruz proper and then moved to Watsonville. It just kept the name. So he was the guy behind the desk who'd sometimes hand me keys and let me test ride bikes. <laughs> and then I'd see him out at events working for BMW. And dang, if you have not just climbed up that ladder and created the fantasy job. <laughs> Can you try and explain what your job is? Because we are talking earlier. I said, you don't just work for BMW. You work for BMW's yeah, I do. I, Ex- explain I, that. So I, I work for really three, four companies um, that are all very different, but they all just happen to be BMW. So 
Um, I work for uh, BMW USA for their marketing department, and and I make um, I, they have me go to events and ride bikes around in circles and talk to people about bikes and just tell them how cool they are and help them understand them. And then I work for BMW Training in the U.S., which means making product videos and going to dealers and helping them understand the product. And then I work for Germany. <laughs> I do product testing for them. So um, some of the new gear that's come out, um, we'll, they'll send it to us ahead of time and we'll ride with it and, and send them feedback and then they'll make adjustments to it. And then I work for Thailand and I'm going there next week. And that's, this is for the first time. And I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't know entirely what I'm doing for them yet. I'm, I'm going to be there, um, helping to train folks, um, on product, but, uh, they don't speak, most of them speak English. So I'm going to be standing there with an interpreter and talking and they'll, no, convey my Somehow message. Somehow figure it out, right? They said, talk slow. <laughs> Are there more BMWs to work for? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, if there will be, I, I will find them, and I'll let you know on the next interview. So what this means is you get free bikes and free gear and free trips all over the world. Yeah, I've got 12 <gasps> bikes sitting at my house right now, Fuck and one of them is mine. <laughs> 12, 12, bi 12 bikes you never get to ride, Damn. right? Yeah, I have time. <laughs> Bikeaholic intervention. <laughs> oh man, it's a job for him. And then uh, for anyone who was following the GS Trophy when uh, Jocelyn was coming in to talk about it, dude, you were there front and center for every event. Yeah, you were kind of commentating and doing videos. So if anyone saw any of the videos we were sharing about the events, sure, you were the dude running yeah. around chasing everyone. Yeah, with a camera. That's right. So I'm kind of curious about it because we watched the videos and stuff. But when you think of the GS Trophy, and you know maybe more to the women's event, what what stands out in your mind of the really cool shit they were doing? You know, it's when you see somebody. Um, in one of these competitions, they're all amateurs, right? I mean, that's the point. You can't be a professional rider at the time that you do it. And and so you are watching, regardless of the obstacle, they're designed to push the rider and their bike to the absolute limit of what they can do. And, and I really enjoy it because you really reveal the pu pure essence of a person when they're pushed that hard. And they, they, there's no room for pretense or ego. It's just what you see is really them. And and that, that was really cool because typically what you see under the surface of what we don't want people to see about ourselves is actually pretty cool. You know, so, I mean, of all three events, I mean, that's what I like the most, you know, there was, there was tears, there was laughter, there was intensity, there was, it, it was, it's really special. Did you have anything to do with the cool things that the women had to do? Like who came up with this? bloody blindfold i knew you were going there you're going <laughs> pipe plate where's the pipe plate do, 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 do the men have to do the blindfold thing too so it's it's interesting i think because in the u.s the competition is not gender specific so right. um everybody's open to compete and anybody can win it just happens to be that the team is men this time but bmw wants more women involved and so they created a women's version of the course but they still have to go through the same stuff that everybody does so but once they've, we picked winners in the U.S., then they went to South Africa, and then they decided which of international women's team, you know, they built it based on the best riders there. And, and they had all kinds of wacky competition elements that Jocelyn, for one, says it was far harder than here in the U.S. Well, actually, you did have something to do with uh, one of the qualifying events here that you had, you helped set up the course, right? Yeah, the... Uh, when uh, I went to the, e we had three qualifiers, East Coast, cent or Eastern Qualifier Central, and then West Coast Qualifier. And the 
I went to the East Coast qualifier and watched what everybody went through, and then I went to the Central, which was in Missouri, and the, the facilitators were still putting together the course. And they mm-hmm. said, hey, give us a hand, help us understand what we should do to make this course sufficiently difficult. And I said, well, you know, really, I thought the East Coast qualifier wasn't hard enough. So, <laughs> there it is. So I'm, I'm, you know, they would show, okay, we're going to have them do ABC. And I go, oh, that's not hard enough. You need to add DEFG. And they would, and, and it was so hard mm. by the time I actually felt really bad because there was a lot of elements people <laughs> tried to do and they, nobody could pass like what, any of it what were some of those things um they had a, a trees course for example where you had to maneuver your bike through these these tiny little sort of pine barren-esque trees and and it was so narrow and it was so confusing there and those was bikes were no, so wide it, it was impossible <laughs> to ride through without somebody touching I, something. I don't know what the problem is my wr250 made it yeah, just fine. all day long you know <laughs> I mean, I can barely walk it standing up, and, they, and these people were trying, but it was it's hardcore. <laughs> God, dude, I'm thinking like saw blades on the uh, the the hand guards, just yeah. kind of carve your way through. through. Right? They sure, do these sure, like sure. impossible hill climbs where you need nothing but momentum to get up, and in the middle of the hill climb, you'd have to make a sharp right turn and a sharp left turn Ooh. and try to make your way through, and it's just on a 600 pound motorcycle is really hard to do yeah. and almost nobody could do it of course the top performers did right barely yeah but yeah. it was intense can you do it can i do it, <laughs> <Not a chance. laughs> there it is. i was gonna ask but like do you do a dry run before it's like airsberry yeah. like who yeah. comes up with that shit? i like, do supervise a drive <laughs> i supervise the dry run i don't do it yeah uh, you're just That's wicked man. yeah i i feel terrible um so we'll cover you also we're a uh, an instructor and a riding instructor at Rawhide. Yep. And, and that's uh, adventure riding technique. Yeah. Now, is it mostly BMWs down there or are you working with the other bikes too? You, you can ride anything you yeah. want there. Um, it is the official BMW Off-Road Academy on the West yeah. Coast. And there's a big roundel at the driveway, but anybody can ride anything they want and that's all welcome. So if Jim and I show up in our DR350s, are people going to laugh at us? No laughing. They'll uh, they'll probably uh, begrudge you because they'll feel like it's easier for you than for oh. them. What, <laughs> what about if it's I show my up? Boss, my, my bike's boss. I'm sorry. Our, my DR350s <laughs> are the shit. I had a guy show up on a uh, Kawasaki Concourse once. Wait, what? For, yeah. Wait, awesome. for adventure riding yeah. camp? He said, I'm going to take this around That's the world cool. and, and I want to know how to ride it off-road, so show me. Well, That's well, great. All right. Well, well, they laugh if I show up on a Vespa, wow. though. <laughs> yes. Not to your face. Yes. <laughs> not, not after they see me ride the course. <laughs> yeah. Well um, said. You also had your own podcast that people can find out there called, and I. this is actually a great name, Moto Talk. Moto Talk. With Sean Thomas. Ooh, cool. it's very um like NPR. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to like CNN mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings at ten thirty. Up yeah. next, Moto mm-hmm. Talk with Sean Thomas. It yeah. it actually is it's well done. It's it's well produced, and it's basically a one on one conversation. It, it it's it's like ours, but without going off the rails. Huh. I think <laughs> it's coherent. <laughs> I think you know the other thing I did at Rawhide was a tour guide, and and it was so common mm. to sit around a campfire. And talk with people and hear their stories about their lives. And sometimes the stories were so epic. I'd say people need to know this stuff. They need nice. to hear these stories. And that's where Moto Talk came from. Sweet. And then I'm just going down the list because we still haven't covered everything you, there, you've done. And then, we're, then we'll double back. Um, explain Adventure Brothers. So um, there's a there's a cartoon show called The Venture Brothers. Mm. It's, it's one of my favorite shows. And and 
My brother and I are both adventure riders. I dragged him to Rawhide kicking and screaming. He'd never <laughs> ridden a motorcycle in his life. No. Yeah. Really? And, and I, brought, I mean, we were literally showing him how to use the clutch. And, and then by the end of a weekend of training, on a GS he was in love. On a 1150, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and he was in love. And he, he's like, I can't. I don't want it to stop. you know. And, and so I gave <laughs> him my us. bike. I gave One him the keys us. and said, go. And he left. He left the state wow. on my bike. And, I, and it was, I was watching my telly's going, oh, my God. He doesn't have insurance. He does never oh, ridden no. on a highway before. What was oh. I thinking? But he loved it, and he came, He went and bought a bike, and he, he had just retired, and he put 30,000 off-road miles on his bike in the first year. Wow. And, and then nice. came to Rawhide and became an instructor, and then I went to Rawhide and became an instructor, and the Venture Brothers was in my mind, and I just added the AD, and that was our thing. The Venture uh, Brothers how began. Long, how long be, from between the time he first got on a bike to coming back as an instructor? How, many, how long was that? He rode, I think. 300 miles. He, maybe, <laughs> maybe three years. Okay. Um, but he went to work for Rahat a year later, but it took another couple of years to build himself up to the level yeah. of skill. And now he's the best instructor I've ever seen. Do you guys have wow. your own theme song? Because <laughs> you should. Can we make one up tonight? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we will get back to you on that. And so you have some really helpful videos on YouTube. And I did post, well, technically two of them up there. <laughs> one, uh, the, the How to Lift Your Bike. Yeah. Thank you. Which is. Both Jim and I were watching. Jim's like, oh, "That was really helpful." Well, here's what I'll say. First, it was funny, and it even before that, it takes effort to do that. Like, if you're doing it for fun, it's like it takes time, and you like put some, you put your emotion into it and shit. Sure. And I can tell you guys care about what you're doing. I'm like, so I'm engaged immediately because I'm like, these guys are doing it for fun, and they're doing like a good job at it. And then like they had silly fun, like when you're crawling and shit like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, because that's what it feels like. But then it was like, make sure it's in gear. I'm like, that's that's good to know, you know. Make sure. But it, I thought it was it was fun to watch, but it was also like you hit on the good points. Thanks. All those lessons were learned through dismal failure. Yeah, yeah. I promise you. <laughs> so you also do writing, blogging, and vlogging. Yeah. So um, I I started uh, um, just sort of writing for fun about my experiences, and I and I. I sent it to an editor of a magazine and said, Hey, you know, can you tell me what I need to do better in order to, to, I don't write, you know, I don't know anything about it. So he's like, no, I, I love it. Let's publish it. And it just took off from there. Right? And, and so, um, now I get hired to, for magazines to go and, you know, ride bikes and, and, or try product and, and just write reviews about it from, you know, the, my perspective. And, um, and that's taken me all over the world, which is, Okay, honestly, can anyone else in the room think of any other jobs, fantasy jobs left over he hasn't scooped up yet? <laughs> hmm. Not that I want to say on air. Yeah. Maybe yeah. durability <laughs> testing? <laughs> I don't know. It's a family program. I'm happy to share. It's a... <laughs> wow. Oh, okay, you want to trade jobs for the next three years? I'm in, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll trade. <laughs> so, uh, but I was saving one of the best things. I want to, I want to, I mean, we'll come back and cover a lot of this stuff because I'm sure we have a lot of questions, but the thing that I think is really cool that I really wanted to cover, you just got back from a trip to Costa Rica. I did. And I believe you did a similar trip in Colombia last did. year. Yep. And guess who he took with him? His mm. daughter. Wow. Uh, How old is, is Haley now? Uh, she's now 11. Okay. Cool. cool. All right. So you're the best God, dad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you get like, dad can, of the year. Can you be my dad too? <laughs> I know. And me. 
We we go from him having the best job in the world to him being the best dad in the mm. world. God damn it. <laughs> and she was, of course, equipped with all the latest BMW gear, wasn't she? Yeah, she's yeah. she's loaded up. Yeah. Um, she's well, good. She's lucky. All right, yeah, get good. that kind of gear. <laughs> so, when did you start um, sharing riding with your daughter? You know, um, I've never encouraged motorcycling in my kids. Um, I've never discouraged it either. I've just sort of kept neutral. I didn't want them to feel obligated to get involved in it because I was. So I just sort of waited for them to show interest. And Haley, um, you know, I mean, I've got photos of her, you know, barely standing and holding onto the bike and, and at the motorcycle dealership I worked at. And then, um, you know, one day I told her your first day of graduation from whatever school you're at, whatever grade it is, I'll take you to school on the bike. And that was preschool. And oh, I wow. didn't, and I didn't remember. I told her that I was like two years later. She goes, Hey, remember, you know, I'm graduating from preschool. You told me you take me to the shit to you. Dude, That's cool. Freaking four years old. I'm going to get, I'm going to get thrown in jail. But I, I, I took her and she loved it. And, wow. uh, it's an interesting because my boy drew has no interest in motorcycles at all. It's like not yeah. his scene. And that's fine. That's kids. She is all over it. She, she'll like dad, Take me to gymnastics class on the bike. Like, Haley, it's a 10-minute ride. It's going to take us longer to get our boots it's on. It's raining. I don't yeah. care. I want to go on the bike. <laughs> All right. So she's into it. So since four, but really since seven, she's been riding with me realistically. Okay. I think this is so awesome. So let's talk about the, the Costa Rica trip. So sure. um, how long were you down there? And, and how does that work, taking a child on a trip like this? So um, I was there for a week. And, um, we, uh, just found a tour company that I know called Elephant uh, Moto Tours. That's who I worked with in Colombia, And now they've opened up a spot in Costa Rica. So, um, so we, we spent a week dual sport riding along around the country and, and, um, you know, Haley's favorite thing to do is ride off road. So we get typically 1200 BMW, 1200 GS, and we go and load them up with all of our equipment and then we go bounce around and, and we just follow the guide wherever they want to take us. And, um, you know, riding with kids is a, it's not for everybody. It's, it's, you have to, I feel like you have to have achieved a level of skill in riding to where you can keep a child safe. And, mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and that takes a lot of time. It, 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 certainly for me, it's a, it's a completely different mindset of riding. Um, and, and that, um, every, because of that, I get really nervous anytime I take her on a trip because, uh, you know, Even you, with any good set of skills, there's always an element of, of risk. Yeah. And I would, yeah. also, Indeed. if if the if the kid's not into it, don't do it. You can't. It's like surfing. If you're going to take a kid surfing that doesn't want to surf, guaranteed the first wave they're going to get pounded, and they're going to yeah. be like, "I hate surfing forever." Yeah. So it's cool sure. that you recognize that she's I, into it. I was that way with ballet class. <laughs> <laughs> no, this. I don't want this podcast to end before I see you do some ballet moves. <laughs> oh God. I, no, I. Honestly, when I was like six, my mom put me in ballet class and we did the first like spin or something like stare at the wall and spin. And, and I three went, kids were knocked and out. And I went, I'm out. <laughs> and I went dirt biking. I went, well, I went, I got on my bike and went and yeah. hit the dirt, my bicycle. Yeah. But yeah, I bailed on that. Mm-hmm. Ain't happy. Yeah, yeah. So I get that. You're it's, not going to do any plies for us? Later? Nope. Okay. And there's, there's God. cute little kid things that she does that are, that are really hard to deal with on a bike. Like. We'll be riding and we're on communication systems, so we're talking and she'll get quieter and quieter and quieter. Haley, you okay? You okay back there? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then I suddenly feel her slide to the side because she's falling asleep. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Up, up, up. She's like, that's okay, Dad. I'm only sleeping in one eye. I just got one eye closed. <laughs> <laughs> open. It's totally cool. Do you, do you, do you strap Velcro. her to you? No, no. I, I fiddled or paddled with that sort of stuff a little bit, but it didn't work out. What I do always have is a, a top case. For her to lean against, so that they're and I can always reach back and just check on her. And, 
Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that is one of the biggest um, difficulties of taking a child on a bike. They fall asleep so easily. Yeah, they do. Okay, it's not just children. I have this problem riding passenger. <laughs> no, it's like a real problem. I have fallen asleep on like four people's bikes now. Right. Like out, like done. Wow. I, I You could literally just like lay me on the side of the road and leave me and I'd still be asleep. And as a result of this, anytime I go on a long passenger ride... I like, I felt around. Yeah. If I know it's, and especially if it's a comfortable bike, like a GS or something. Sure. If it's a rolling couch, I'm definitely going to need that. It's like <laughs> a movie. If I go to a movie, I'm going to pass out. If I passenger on a comfy bike, especially if there's heated gear involved, I'm done. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, when not Sid just kid was problems. about seven, <laughs> I started putting her on the back. Oh, yeah. And she would always fall asleep. And I'd say, you kind of felt like you went limp. Did you go to sleep? And she'd say, yeah, but I woke up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important part. Yeah. It's yeah. like flying. I but landed. she didn't let go. I don't know. Sure. So you're, I'm doing an adventure riding. There's got to be some technical areas. Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you, does she stay on the bike always? She or? does. I mean, she's always welcome to get off when she wants to. And there are times mm -hmm. when she looks at an obstacle and says, I don't want to do that. Like, okay, that's fine. But, um, you know, the thing about adventure riding is in order to do it right, you have to stand up, um, oh, and get up right. on the pegs. Mm -hmm. And um, so you can, you know, you're much more in tune with what's happening to the, to the bike and much more able to deal with loss of traction when you're standing. Um, but there's a point when you get uh, your skills elevate enough to where you can sit down again and you can still feel out the bike. And that's kind of where I'm at, where I can have her on the back and we just sit down together and we go over whatever wacky, crazy obstacle we're going to do. And we just do it sitting down and. But, but there's still a, a, a symbiotic experience. You know, we, we, we're communicating and I'm telling her where I want her weight to be and what I want her to do next. And put your hands here and stand up for this obstacle because I don't want you to get bucked so up. So she'll about. stand up too. She can. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. So that, that's kind of interesting because we were talking about this earlier. And I'm like, you know, when, if you are going to take a kid on an adventure ride yeah. like that, um, you know, what are the things you need to know? And, and what I just gleaned from what you said was, communication which is kind mm -hmm. of the key to life but i would have never thought about like hey stand up here sit down here do yeah. these things so there's probably a lot of other things that you or maybe things that you didn't think about before the trip but as the trip unfolded you're like oh this is a good thing to know yeah i think you know the number one rule that i tell people um with riding with kids is is don't be in a hurry because nothing happens fast and and i blew it on this trip to, to costa rica <laughs> Because I know that rule, and you always take extra time to get things mm -hmm. done, and I yeah. didn't. And we, she, Haley had a complete gesticular breakdown before we flew out. Like, what? flipped out. I don't want to go. I'm, I'm going to miss my mom. I'm going to miss home. I'm going to miss my animals. I don't. I, I miss mm. my friends. I'm out. I don't want to go. And and I. So Valium is that what you missed? You were supposed <laughs> to. It <laughs> works her for first? me. So I, you know, like I'm looking at my watch, and you know, as a parent, I don't want to force her to do something. I want her to go, but I want her to make the decision to go on her own. But that takes right. time. You know, I got to talk with her and sit down and figure out what the issue is. You get and, a tricker. And, and I'm looking at her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking roofie, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just drag her into the plane. I mean, we got on the plane with like seven minutes to spare. Wow. I mean, we almost didn't make it because she was just freaking out. And then she on the plane, 10 minutes into the flight, she goes, hey, dad, remember that time when I got totally knocked out of whack about going to Costa Rica? I'm like, Haley, that was 15 minutes ago. She goes, I know, I don't know what I was thinking. I was so I'm totally oh fine God. now. Like, That's cool. That worked out. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the, the, the 
the relationship and the bond you're going to build with her by sharing these. It's got to be amazing. It's the, I mean, you mentioned the having been able to talk and, and that's the whole point because the connection that we make on the bike, there's nothing distracting her. She doesn't have an iPad. She doesn't have her friends calling. It's just her and I looking at cool things. She doesn't care where we go. I mean, we just ride down the block right. and for her, it's, it's, that's really, really special. And we talk about it for months afterwards. You know, it's a really cool bond. Well, she's got the motorcycle bug. Definitely. I mean, you, you do or you don't, and she does. You get her on a, a blessing, dirt bike right? yet or anything? Yeah, she has a little 50. Oh, nice. Um, so you, do you take her out to Hollister? She she hasn't gotten that far. I got a, she, she I got a TTR 125. Yeah. Get her on out. Let's go. Uh, perfect. You know, she uh, she told me just the other day, she goes, uh, you know, I want to be a veterinarian. What does that take to go to school to be a vet? I go, well, you, you got a good solid eight years of of school after high school to go plus an internship plus 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 and she goes wow how long did it take for you to get your job i mean how much school did you have i go oh, i'm a high school dropout I, <laughs> I, like, I don't deserve any of this she's like i want your job like, okay <laughs> wow and don't we all <laughs> have you had any like crashes with her on any of the trips yeah we we fall pretty much once a trip and, um and and it's no big deal she Haley's also um, a vaulter. She's a ninja is, uh, monkey. She's a fucking ninja. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's gymnastics totally on horseback. You know, so she gets on the top of horses as they're moving and yeah. balances on them. And oh she, wow! That scares me to death. Oh. But she's got exceptional balance and she knows how to fall. So I can cool. usually tell her I'm up, I'm about to fall. I, it doesn't come out in the words you'd like Does to she say. Just eject. It's usually just like, oh, so it's come up, you know. And she like, <laughs> knows, like, I'm out. And she's like, all right, yeah, I'm already on. I'm, pic- <laughs> I'm picturing some Japanese cartoon where she lands on top of the bike after it crashed, like yeah, a yeah. ninja bow's like. To- yeah. I mean, it's a problem. If I can save the bike, but sh- she'll make me crash by pushing off of me to get away from it, you uh, know. So she's smart good girl. natural yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so we're covering that she's the luckiest girl in the world, but. Let's go back. Let's um, get to know you a little bit better and how you started riding, what your origins were. Did you have a father who was sharing this with you? No, no. My dad is not, wasn't really a part of my life growing up. Yeah. Um, he, uh, uh, my mom, um, and we were born and raised here in Santa Cruz and she lived at, worked at Lipton and, mm. and, uh, and, you know, raised me at night and worked during the day when I was at school. And, and I, I, uh, um, fell into motorcycles completely by accident. I mean, I, I owned bikes and rode them a little the bit. The ones that were parked in front of the bar, you just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I uh, was in... I got into consumer electronics. I was working at, at Bose, a speaker company, and, and I got laid off a month before I was going to get married. And, oh. and it was like, what am I going to do? I, can, I need a job, but I can't focus on getting a job and, and showing them that I'm a good employee and getting married and going on a honeymoon and... And uh, my wife was the general manager at BMW Motorcycles Santa Cruz. And, and she said, why don't you come here and sell bikes? And I, I don't, that's not really my seed. You know, I don't, I don't know enough about them to sell them. She goes, well, just come and, and help out. We need the, we need the body. And, and then, you know, once we get married, then you can go back to the job that you want to have. And I go, okay. So I just went and started selling. And it's just so much fun. Yeah. Just talk about bikes all day. Yeah. And then people go, okay, that was a nice talk. I'll take that one. Like, okay, here you go. I missed my wow. calling. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. So how long were you selling bikes for? Um, I sold bikes for seven years. And uh, and, and right around that time, I, I got into um, adventure riding. I, I'd never ridden off-road before. So what was what was your first bike, though? Um, 
I, uh, I, I'm embarrassed to say. Uh, no, um, no, hold on. Should we guess? I had a, yo, please. Okay, so if he's embarrassed, was it a rebel? <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <laughs> not that. <laughs> Was it, it was like a, a savage. Mm, no. Oh. It was a savage. Oh, was a savage is no. not embarrassing. Yeah, no, savage is cool. Savage 650 single? It's yeah, my cool. wife had one of those. I, I yeah. had a... Um, I mean, it's a girl bike, but yeah, it's very, yeah. really cool. I had cool. a Yamaha 50 it's CC low. scooter. Oh, first. the Riva? I think it was a Riva. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Which and, is and actually cooler really than young. a savage. I was... Uh, 13 years old. Oh, wow. yeah. I got a ticket on it within a day. Of- <laughs> nice. And, right and uh, dirty. But then I got my dream bike, which is still my dream bike. Um, it's a 1984 Kawasaki Ninja. Um, mm. And I just, I love that thing. I mean, that that to me is the quintessential. That's with the birth of the modern sport bike, I think. I'm sure mm. there's one of those. I was looking for one. I think there's one. a black and red one. Yeah, there's an 86 somewhere. up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. it is. Yeah, was it right the now. Ninja 500? What was 900. it? 900. It was like the Top Gun bike. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. That uh, was you. Oh, the 900. That's a huge jump. Uh, nice. Yeah. I, was, I mean, and they're just awful. I mean, it's all power, no braking, no suspension. I mean, it's just it's a <laughs> death trap, and I love that thing. Wow. <laughs> Brakes are for poor planning. <laughs> Bengal, a- can you hit pause, please? Okay, so we had to pause for a second. We we got a message that um, was somebody was in an accident nearby. So Sonia and Kat have been dispatched, and we're waiting for an update. And it's only a few blocks away. So hopefully uh, that was Henry. Henry's okay. But let's get back to Sean. Ninja 900. The Top Gun bike. <laughs> the Top Gun bike. Yeah. That was it the gray and red and black? Yeah. I mean, that's that was the sort of, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, in the yeah, movie, yeah. mine was red and beaten. <laughs> I bought it for 150 bucks. Oh, oh nice, wow. Man. Yeah. And restored it. Cool. Um, yeah. That was that was a great bike. I, um, I was riding GPZs. Yeah. I, I loved them too. And I... I won't get on those older bikes that I loved because they feel like just paperweights. Now. <sighs> yeah. It's, um, you know, I, would like to think that that would be my fantasy bike, but the reality is, is I'm so used to the tech of modern bikes. Um, and I, and I'm in love with it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, th- I don't know that I could give it up. It's like riding without, it, it's like riding without a helmet to me. It's mm-hmm. all about that hand wave button, right? The <laughs> <laughs> so after the uh, Ninja, what did you have? Um, I, I got a GS, um, a 650. Um, oh, a, G, a Suzuki. Yeah, BMW. Oh, BMW. 650, yeah, from okay, the Okay, so dealership. there's a big leap going from a Ninja 900 to yeah. a GS. <laughs> yeah. So how long? How many years in, was in between? Well, was I had them both. Um, so, okay. I, so I had the 900, and it was always barely running. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I just I got the itch for a new bike. And, and I had watched, um, like so many people, I watched Long Way Around Mm. And I said that I want that to be me, mm. you know, and, and I, so I bought this 650 just the to, thumper sort the of add to the, the, uh, single, the thumper. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't, I don't know why I thought this, but at the time I just assumed that buying the bike meant that I was injected with off-road riding skill, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> I got this thing and I found oh, it. Oh, so you had the bike and had no dirt riding experience. No skill at all. And I found a 10 mile dirt road and I took it and I crashed three times Whoa. and I Hated it. I, I didn't know why I crashed, except that the bike was lame and adventure riding was lame, and what, I hated yeah. it. <laughs> what, <laughs> knowing what you know now, why did you keep crashing? Um, because I tried to ride it like a street bike. And, yeah, right. And it's, yeah, the, weight too much weight forward, or um, well, I was sitting down uh, first yeah. of all. Um, Probably and, not air down either. No, that wasn't air down, mm-hmm. and and I didn't like you know things like how you apply the brakes is totally different than you do on yeah. the street. How yeah. you apply the throttle, how you turn. 
you know, all that's different. And I didn't know any of that. And I yeah. wasn't a great street rider anyway. So, and you talk about target fixating when you're on the dirt for the first time, you target fixate real oh, easy man. on what's in front of your yeah. fender. And you're yeah. probably looking right at your fender. Yeah. What's over my fender instead of hundred yards up. So, anyway. so how did you get the skills then? So, um, well, you crashed a lot, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Exactly. Um, sweat equity. I, I, um, I was adventure riding. I tried it. I hated it. And I, I kind of was starting to peek out on street riding. I, I still enjoyed it, but it wasn't the same amount of fun that I thought I, that I used to enjoy about it. And I went riding with some friends from the shop and there was an accident and I was right behind a guy that crashed at 70 miles an hour and his bike, his wife was on the back and his bike just exploded. Ooh. And I, and, and I saw that and they, they ended up ultimately being okay. But I, I just sort of said, you know what? I think I'm done with this. Mm. I think I've had my fun. Motorcycling was fun. I'm ready to do a new adventure. And, um, and right around that time, um, Rawhide was just starting up and the owner Jim came to the dealership and I was selling bikes at the time. And he said, Hey, I've just started this tour company. I'm trying to get people involved, but I'm also starting this, this off-road training. And I, I'd like to try to help. I'd like you to help me get people to go. And I said, you know, I kind of like to go to that. And I sort of saw it as my last big brouhaha for motorcycling. Like I'm going to go, I'm going to learn how to ride this bike that I bought for the dirt. I'm going to learn how to ride it off road. And then I'm going to say I've achieved that. And I'm going to shelve it. I'm going to go on to something else. And so I went and I took the class and I just loved it. Cause it's like, you're having fun on a bike like again. Reignited mm. that fire, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm having fun at five miles an hour, you know? So the bike was suddenly was really manageable under it was the class was taught by the great jimmy lewis you know he's an amazing rider an amazing instructor and and i just i came away from that going i'm i'm back into bikes and so um i adventure riding started to become sort of my cornerstone and anybody that came into the dealership they'd say hey you know i need a scooter to go commute to work on i go hey check out this adventure bike like, you're, gonna, <laughs> you're gonna love this thing let's go ride together <laughs> and i started building up this sort of uh, you know this momentum in the community of adventure riders and we go out and go on rides on our own and we go to the valley and ride around didn't know anything about camping off a bike but we just f figured it out and it just sort of exploded from there so was your wife involved with any of these yeah you know my wife right around that time we started having kids and my wife was an avid rider until then and she said you know i i like riding but i'm i i would just assume ride with you than have my own bike now that we have kids i i think i'm i'm happy as a passenger so she um she took adventure riding class in fact she learned how to adventure ride the week we found out we were pregnant with our mm. first with Haley. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! And uh, that was it. That was, that was it. it. That was it. <laughs> that was the That's the, the story. That was it. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> exactly. the key. And uh, so she, I mean, she rides with me, but she's she's off doing her own, has her own career out of motorcycling now and does her own thing. Rides with me occasionally. What What does she ride? Um, she she is totally out of motorcycling other than riding with me. Oh, so she okay, gets on the back and it. we go and have our fun. All right, so have you, uh, then you, what was your next bike? I was going to say, have you had any non-BMW bikes since that, that Ninja? But I'm guessing you haven't. I haven't. And right. it's, it's just, you know, the BMW was the perfect bike for me at the time. I mean, there's a, at the time, it was really the only major adventure bike in, in play. Um, now, of course, everybody makes an adventure bike. And there's some really good ones out there. But, but of course, now, too, I've, I've. Now that I'm affiliated with BMW, I'm, I'm happy to ride what they make, and I think they make the best, and that's what I've got. So, all right, you said you have how many bikes in your garage? <laughs> There's about 12 bikes right now at my house, but only one of them is mine. <laughs> <laughs> so which one do you call yours? I have a BMW R1200 GS Rally. So it's their sort of 
their modern version of a of a really jacked up adventure so that's bike. what jim and i had the opportunity we were over at jocelyn's yesterday sure, yeah mm-hmm. and there was a gsa and a gsr i believe um she has a gs so she had the gs rally and then she has a gs adventure yeah yeah, yeah you wrote you rode the rally uh-huh <laughs> yeah I adventure very similar bikes and it does stuff I can't explain. <laughs> I felt like I was in Star Wars. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? I'm used to Dude, a speedometer yeah, and a tachometer. Yeah. Douglas, you got to see. She she puts me on the bike, and then she goes, all right, hold on. Just stand still. Just stay still right now. I'm going to – the bike is going to, like, read your weight and reset the suspension. What? The thing starts what? raising up the back and the front. It's like – It was like a fucking Malibu wow. lowrider. I'm like, can this thing star, bounce yeah. and shit? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. holy moly. <laughs> And then there's this little like knob on the left handlebar that she's like, oh, if you switch it this way or you yank it and there's a screen, it's your GPS and it'll tell your tire pressure and all this stuff. (laughs) Fucking Luke Skywalker is going to pop up in your heads up display (laughs) and start telling you about the force. I'm telling you. And then it's like, and then she's explaining all the modes you can have. Mm -hmm. Now it was raining yesterday when Jim and I were out riding. Well, in agricultural land, so rainy and muddy roads. And so Jim's like, um, well, should I put it on a rain Yeah, like rain. And she's like, Oh, no, put it on dynamic. That's oh, yeah. what I like. Uh, <laughs> as yeah. soon as she you said, tell Jim was yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the first yeah. first time in my life I get to ride like a proper bike with ABS and it, I'm turning it off. I'm like <laughs> soaked. <laughs> anyway, you put that cool. bike in rain mode. If you can crash that bike in rain mode, you should rethink motorcycling. I mean, well, yeah, I was hoping to put it in rain mode, but no, I put it in the racer mode. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> well, Jocelyn did, I should say, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we went down, like, Blackie Road, just, sure. just cruising down there. And every Liza time I'd look mud. in my mirror, Jim would be way behind me. He I was know. being so conservative, which I like. When Not you're riding someone else's bike. Yeah. Take it's, it easy. Take it yeah. easy. Yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's not a, anyway. But Liza got some mud. You, I, you took I took it, it off easy road. and I did a little, I did a U-turn to go back the other way and there was like the side of the road was muddy. Nice. So I was, I'll just try this. And I go into it and both wheels just start sliding left and right. <laughs> oh. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. Mud is the worst. <laughs> and I was trying to like stand up, like try and stand up. But then it was like slide. I just yeah. kind of. Kept my speed and throttled Throttle. through Throttle and just out. got it yeah. out but, of there and back. But the up. bike was amazingly comfortable. I got nice. on it and I and and you imagine what this bike was designed for, right? And um, and I'm like, I could easily sit on this all day long, you know, because I ride I, an FC one is my daily ride and it's not nice. you know, what you're gonna ride cross country on, but to hop on that bike and to get a feel for um, what it potentially can do, as comfortable as can be, and 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 and. In the classic BMW way, all the bells and whistles are so well thought out, yeah, and so well done. It's like, but it, but those bikes could do shit I didn't even know motorcycles could do, like when the when the suspension started elevating and mm. fucking, yeah. I was like, holy, well, wait a minute, amazing. it was cool. You have another BMW you're riding right now, don't you? <laughs> I, I do. Um, I've got um, BMWs. Um, Hold on one second. I'm getting an update. Crash update. Hello. Henry's on the way to the hospital. Somebody blew through a red and oh. hit him possibly. We're not sure what happened. He doesn't remember. Uh, his bike's pretty well shit on and we're going to go to the hospital because he lost consciousness. We want to make sure he gets taken care of right. Okay. <clears throat> Where's the bike? Bike's getting taken care of. Bex is with it. It's getting towed by AAA. Okay, great. Everything's taken care of. Thank you. Can you give me an update from the hospital, please? Will do. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. bye. 
Wow. All right. So that happens. Wow. Yeah. We'll just we'll just keep it rolling. Um, that's just a perfect example of motorcycles. Shit happens. So, yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate, and that's just a couple blocks away from here. But you know, th- that is something, and this will probably back to you, Sean. Um, that's great about community mm. when something happens and and people come to your rescue and take care of you because yeah. that's something you you mentioned earlier about community of, of riders. Did you want to go into detail about that? The is this the the dude rock on? <laughs> so uh, I. You know, as you know, I, in addition to riding motorcycles, I do a lot of journalism and, and podcasting and, and, and that, um, and then being an adventure tour guide, I have all kinds of equipment that I need tools and, and camping gear and all that stuff. And I happened to have all of that stuff with me at one time. And I was transporting it along with a company truck when I worked at Rawhide and, and we parked at a hotel. And while I was sleeping, someone broke in and took everything that I use for business. I mean, mm. all of my Everything. I mean, $15,000 worth of equipment was gone. And it wasn't immediately clear um, whether or not I had any sufficient insurance to cover it. So, you know, and I don't have to tell you that being in this industry is not about making money. It's about passion, you know. So, Mm -hmm. so, you know, having $15,000 worth of gear gone, it's like, I can't. I can't go out and buy that. And so it put me in a a really dark place. I, I was, you know, aside from being really upset with the, the, the person that did it, I was just, I thought I, this might be the end of my career. I mean, how can I recover from this? And friends in the motorcycle community came to me and said, we want to give you money. We want to help you. Um, we want you to, um, to build yourself back up. And, and I, uh, I told them like, look, you know, I really appreciate that, but I, I, I have a really hard time taking money from people. It's kind of not my scene. I, I really appreciate it, but I, I just don't, I don't feel right taking stuff for nothing. Like, um, so I'm going to respectfully decline. And, and one of my motorcycle friends took me aside and said, you know what? You're kind of being an asshole. <laughs> wow. you know, I, I don't How do you figure that? And he goes, well, your friends are trying to help you and you're not letting them. And I go, well, I just don't, I don't feel right doing what they're asking. And he says, well, you need to suck it up, you know, drop your pride and let your friends help you. And I said, oh, okay. So I went back to my friends and I said, look, apparently I was being a dick and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be, um, so I'm going to propose a compromise. Um, I have this sticker that my friends talked me into making and it says, dude, rock on, which has sort of become my catchphrase. And I'm, I'm going to ask humbly that you buy a sticker. If you want to buy a sticker, you buy it and I will take every penny that I get and I will use it to buy back my stuff. Awesome. So I, I bought, you know, a hundred stickers and a day later I bought 2000 stickers <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm going to make like, some stickers. Holy geez. Like, and it, it just, I, the orders just piled in and, and I, between that and a, and a modest insurance payout, I was able to buy back everything that I lost. Nice. So the sticker to me, the dude rock on stickers is, is a phenomenon for me because it's a, it's a message to me about community. You know, when I see that sticker on somebody's helmets and sometimes I see it sticking on a door in some other country, you know, I go, you know what? Somebody bought that to help me out of a bind. And that is a really, really special thing. You know, that's, that's a good that's story. What, that's awesome. what the community story. does for that us. Cool. Really, really good stuff. Sweet. Wow. That is pretty cool. But is Bosley snoring? <clears throat> oh yeah. Probably. Bo- Bosley is snoring. <laughs> um, Kick the dog. But you know, and this is a perfect <laughs> example now. I mean, uh, we, we kept it rolling, you know, we just found out Henry was in an accident. And when that 
because this community is so tight, when that happens to somebody, that can be real hard. And yeah. I know back in what 2013, you almost left all this behind. What what happened in 2013? Yeah, you know, we uh, I went to the launch um, of a new bike, the BMW, mm-hmm. um, the liquid cooled R1200 GS. I was in South Africa. And it was the first really big journalism-based thing I'd ever done. I wasn't working for with BMW at the time. I, I was, but I was asked to go. And and on that ride, um, a journalist named um, Kevin Ash was killed. Um, he's riding the bike, and uh, you know, long story short, you know, he made a mistake when he was riding, or and uh, just made a the kind of silly mistake that we make all the time. But it just mm. the combination of circumstances took his life, and yeah. and I was on the scene when that happened um, and it ended up being one of his first responders to try to save him. And um, it was a, it was a really, really tough place to be. You know, I, you know, there's a, a lot of emotional turmoil and you just set that stuff aside. And, and, uh, and I, I felt like I was at peace with it after it all had kind of gone down and went, okay, you know, these things happen and it's a, too bad. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll all move on together. And then I um, went, got back to a place where I had cell service and, and, um, you know, of course we're in the middle of nowhere when this happened. And, and I started researching this guy who I'd never met. I didn't know anything about him. And I realized that this guy was a father. He had four mm-hmm. little girls at home and, uh, and that I had, I started get, I guess you could call it survivor guilt. Like I felt mm-hmm. like maybe I should have done more to try to help this guy. You know, maybe I should have wow. tried to revive him because I mean, He's got four little girls. They're never going to see him again. And 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 I had a chance to try to make that right. And uh, and I really struggled with it. And it was just another time. It was another milestone before I where I said, you know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't. I don't feel like I can. I I wasn't the man I wanted to be that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, and maybe I just need to. Maybe this is the sign to walk away. And 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 uh, as, as is typical, you know, I I found myself in that mental state. And I ended up going on a motorcycle ride with a bunch of people from BMW, just something that had fallen together. And I was just another tour where I take people around and show them a good time. And, and somehow those people sort of picked up on the fact that this had happened and they, they enveloped me with, you know, caring and love and, and helped me to, to see past that and and see past my own shortcomings and, and, uh, and, and be better, you know? So it brought me right back into the fold again. You know, here I am stronger than ever. And, you know, so many times I felt like I needed to be out of it. And I, I can't leave. I, I just love it. I love the people. I love the sport. It's something that I always remind people that, you know, the decisions you're making will affect others. And I'm not saying that he took, you know, a risk or made a bad decision. But that's why it is important to remember that what you're doing out there can really affect friends and family and everyone well yeah and it goes deep and, and a whole community well and anytime you throw your leg over a bike you know you could go half a block to get a gallon of milk you know it's just like a yeah. car but you're on a motorcycle but so. we're reminded how much we love this how much it means to us and you just want to limit the risk and wear gear you know do what you can to yeah. to limit the risks but i'm glad that you overcame it and a lot of people go through that we've done a podcast called overcoming mm where everyone was at that wall, where do I continue riding? Either they were in an accident or someone close to them was. And it's like, how much does this mean to me to continue knowing what's at risk? And most of us continued, 
I'm glad you did. Can you imagine your life if you hadn't? <laughs> hadn't? I think that, you know, it sort of falls into the evolution of motorcycling. You know, when you first start, you know, just leaving your house and going down the street is the coolest thing you've ever done <laughs> because you're on a bike. It's and then, true. It's so know, true. In Santa Cruz, like, you remember the first time you rode over Highway 17? Like, <laughs> yeah. insane. Yeah. You know, like, I can't believe yeah. this. But there's a time when all that becomes routine, you know, and you have to, just, I call it chasing zen. Like, you're, you're out there looking for the opportunity, the next thing that makes you have fun with motorcycling. And for me, it was eventually there was a racetrack and then, and then I started and then it was adventure riding. And then pretty soon adventure riding became routine. And now riding with Haley is my new Zen. You know, when I'm with her on a bike, it's like, this is why I do this. That's this cool. is awesome. So are you going to encourage her to ride and get her own bike? Yeah. Or- I, I, I want it if she wants it. Yeah. So would you, if she asked for a bike when she's 16, would you help her get one? Yeah. I think that I, you know, there's a lot that I want her to know about riding, you know, and, and I would probably want to put her through a school like like I've been to the BMW Performance Center, for example, mm-hmm. and seen their street riding class. And it's like I would be, you know, that that's where I would if you want to ride runners, ride a motorcycle, then this is the place to learn how to do it. Or next weekend, we could all just go to Hollister and put on a yeah, dirt bike. Just rally around. Yeah. Just like get a hop on a dirt bike. I'm never going to say no to that. <laughs> Actually, that takes me back. That was something I did want to ask you about um, Rawhide. A lot of people don't know that there are these schools where you can go mm. and learn riding technique um in the dirt and with obstacles and stuff like that and can you kind of describe what kind of lessons and, and obstacles you learn sure i think that the first thing to know is that there there's when you you go to a website that that covers um adventure riding the first thing you see is a picture of a bike in midair <laughs> or doing some crazy drift you know, yeah, or doing yeah. a wheelie. And it's because those photos are visually appealing. But I think that's a mistake because it, it scares people. You know, they look mm-hmm. at that and they go, I can't do that. That's nuts. And um, the reality is, is that it starts at a much more fundamental level. You know, you, the first thing you do when you get on a bike is learn how to stand up on the bike, you know, and you're, and you're doing this at two miles an hour and you learn how to balance on the bike when the bike is just at the point of losing its own balance. And then you build up from there. Then you get into, you know, light braking technique, light turning technique, how to handle the bike in different kinds of terrain. And it just works its way up. And in, in three hours, you look back at your instructors and you go, I can't believe what I can do right now that I couldn't do when I got here. I mean, it's just a massive elevation. Doug, do you have an interest in taking a class like this? Uh, yeah, we all just like bought dirt bikes. <laughs> now started riding. Is, is, is it open to two strokes? Formal education is, 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 beneficial to anybody i've yeah. been interested in doing this here t- tell me the answer to this when standing and riding and turning are you waiting the inside or outside peg on dirt on dirt it's the outside okay yeah so you know what you're doing is um if you if you think about how your body reacts on the street you know the, the big advantage you have is traction you can put your body anywhere you want more or less on a bike and a turn and the and the roads are here are engineered to help you hold traction but in the dirt traction is a is a premium. And so if you put your weight to the inside, it makes the bike want to drift laterally. It want to slip and slide out from underneath you. You can, if you want to see this in action, watch long way around. You and McGregor will put the bike into a turn. You'll see him put his weight to the inside. And then the bike comes right out from underneath him. He's laying on the ground. He goes, I don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) And like five Mongolian dudes show up and fix his bike for him. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) we know what's funny is we think about dirt biking and this just popped into my mind. The answer to everything when we go dirt biking is more throttle. 
but everything mm-hmm. you talk about is going slow. Yeah, um, you know anybody can go, um, anybody can go fast in a straight line. Um, anybody can go fast in the dirt. It takes talent to turn a bike on the street, and it takes talent to go slow in the dirt. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, so, well, that's well said. All right, we've got more stuff to talk about because uh, we still have to learn what your up the butt bike is, <laughs> and also I want to talk about the new three tens that are coming out. Yeah, sure, definitely. yeah, it's a great bike. But first, I got something special. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. Uh-oh. Oh, no. All right. Uh, wait, I lost my stuff. Oh, here. Douglas, I'm going to pass that to you. You're going to hold on to that for a second. So here's the deal. Is this going on my head? It no, could be no, a, no. It could no, be a just snake. Hold on to it. Just hold on to it. It might be a snake in there. <laughs> um, we, you know, with the new year, um, looking back, uh, how much support we're getting through Patreon and how it's helping to, like, you know, and buy new equipment for this studio. And we're going to be traveling this year to do events and we're growing and we're still don't know what the fate is of the building next door. We may have to rent the space just to keep the lot. Um, our Patreon subscribers are enabling us to do Woo-hoo! these things. Nice. Thank you very much. And I want to give back to them. Mm. Are we going to so, give away some shit? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's oh, some yes. stuff happening. Oh, yeah. So first of all, um, I've decided that any of our Patreon subscribers at any level from a dollar up, I'm sending them uh, a, pa- a dick I'm, pic. I'm sending them. No, I'm sending them. <laughs> <laughs> any <laughs> listener can get those. <laughs> I'm sending them an envelope of stickers. Oh, those nice. are cool. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, right now we're, we're doing a thing. Uh, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, if you send us a Sazy, do y'all know what a Sazy is? A self-addressed dumped envelope. Thank you, Bagel. Send us a Sazy, <laughs> and we will fill it with some stickers some and send it to you. But for our Patreon subscribers, oh, hell, I'm just going to send it to you for free. Woo-hoo. Nice. Um, but I wanted to give back to some of our other uh, supporters at higher dollar amounts. So I decided for anyone supporting us at $5 a month or more that we're going to start doing some swag giveaways nice. every month. Cool. Nice. Now, what kind of swag you got? Well, I can have the shirt off my back. I've been wearing it all day. It's, <laughs> it's been ridden in. I can smell you from here. Yeah, <laughs> I got a, I, I got a sock. I'll donate. So what I've done is I've actually printed out the names of all of our Patreon subscribers, cut up little pieces of paper and stuck them in this uh, helmet bag. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna do two giveaways oh. today. Oof. Giveaway time. Oh, yeah, yeah. We need a drum roll. Drum roll, please. Sean, I want you to take a look at this. See how I'm much ready. you like this. Hold on. Because y- you may want one yourself. Oh, how, no. how do you like Whoa. this? Oh, oh, take a look, look at that. Mug. That is a, take cool, a look at that mug. cool mug. When you put hot liquid in so, it, so uh, just describe naked what, what you're looking there. for. All right. Lo- so, what are you looking at? So I'm looking at uh, a motorcyclist and misfits. Motor- misfits. Read that again. Motorcycles and misfits podcast recycle garage mug. Uh huh. Coffee mug. <laughs> on the other side it has on it a an exquisite photo of a deliciously naked male rider that would be naked jim right <laughs> next your mom's to you. like come to chop yeah. bombs <laughs> and uh live free ride make naked is the <laughs> and i would like to I announce think you're myself blushing. as you the know, winner you, you want to put your 
<laughs> you know you want to put your lips on that. That is, yeah. I really, I want to cycle from this. Yeah, this, this is something special. So, Douglas, can you hand the bag to Sean, and he's going to yes. pull a name out. We're going to pick open. a winner of the mug. All right. Um, am I calling and it And anyone out? who's a winner, we're going to be announcing, uh, we're going to be contacting you to give it away. All right. Oh, hey, we're, all right. So we got Sonia and Bex here. How's Henry doing? Great. Thank you very much. And please uh, give us uh, feedback. Let us know he's okay. Thanks for uh, taking care of him. Community rocks. All right. Good bye. Stuff. Best. All right. All right. I so have a name. The name for the mug is Mr. Kevin McKenney. Kevin McKenney. Congratulations. Congratulations, Kevin. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're gonna we're, love this thing. Wear a condom when you drink from it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make eye contact with Jim. Don't make eye contact <laughs> when you drink from it. <laughs> and when you fill it with hot liquid, make sure the kids are not in the kitchen. Yes. <laughs> okay, but this next one is pretty cool. So this is going into the category of cool things that we recently discovered. So we've got this friend, Danger Dan. Who's cool. He's cool. And uh, Jim and I called him the other weekend. We're going dirt biking. Liza's like, fuck it. Let's call him. Let's I'm call like, him. All right. <laughs> like, hey, Danger Dan, this is Liza and Nigga Jim. He's like, oh. And he's like across the country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he started this new thing, Texas, which is really that's cool. Where he's from. So how many people here wear like motorcycle-inspired T-shirts most of the time? Yeah. I love it. Right? Yeah. Jim every day. <laughs> My underwear. I know. <laughs> He knows that, and so he started this uh, company. It's called um, it's called McShopTees.com. Well, it's M C ShopTees.com. S H O P. Motorcycle Shop Tees. Yeah, yeah. Not me. And, well, M C. It's M C. Liza can't get McDonald's. Shop. She's thinking Happy Meal. Liza's like, I want a Happy Shop Meal. Tees. So what it is is Fucking he's going. He's shit. he's traveling around the country, and he's visiting different shops around the country motorcycle shops and he's designing a t-shirt for them a one-off t-shirt for them nice and once a month he's going to have a new shirt come out from a shop somewhere in the country oh wow and he's also going to interview them and he's got nice. a podcast it's a really cool idea so he started it's a shirt of the month club sweet and you subscribe to him, and every month you'll just automatically get a new oh, t-shirt cool. from <laughs> a different shop from wherever, yeah. One I off. hope he makes it out here and visits. Like nice. custom yeah, made during his visit, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So he'll design a custom shirt for it. Um, so this is basically it's it's mcshoptees.com. It's a subscription based t shirt company that features a new independent motorcycle shop every month. Each shop's t shirt is designed by their own local or favorite artist to give each one a unique feel and will only be available through a subscription. A postcard with pictures, location, and services provided by each shop will be received along with your t-shirt. All shops are hand-picked by Danger Dan himself while he travels the country on his panhead chopper. And Danger there Dan's is. a bad motherfucker, oh, yeah. let me tell you. And, right? and, and simultaneously releases a podcast with the shops showcase so that you can learn more about all the local shops you might need on the road. Cool. So you can visit www.mcshop.com tees.com so it's m-c-s-h-o-p-t-s dot com and you can also follow follow him on instagram at m-c-shop-t-s-t's um he's doing something special 
um, with us. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick another name. We're going to do once a month. We're going to pick a winner who's going to get one of his teas, cool. teas nice. for that month. Very so cool. just so I understand, if I'm a Patreon dude. Five dollars or higher. That once a month I'll have a shot at getting one your, of Danger Dan's shirts. Your name shirts. is automatically thrown in. Oh, nice. that's rad. Okay. And cool. what we'll do, the winner, um, I will send uh, the information to Danger Dan. I'll get your size and send you out the nice. monthly T-shirt. And we did ambush Dan on the way to dirt biking. We totally and he did. was a cool dude. So <laughs> and yeah, because I think it's a cool thing. I want to help legit. promote yeah, this. He's cool. Sure. You know, shirt of the month, and I said, oh, I'll promote him by giving your shit away. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing <laughs> if you didn't win, you can still go and subscribe. And he's offering a special deal for our listeners. So if you go there and subscribe, uh, if you type in MISFITS in all caps, you're going to get $5 off the first month of the subscription. Sweet. Nice. So go to, you're going to go to MC Shop ts.com shoptees.com and type in misfits and i'm sure there's going to be a little field if you want to subscribe but somebody's getting a free t-shirt let's draw another name all right what if i uh, what if the I, magic bag Sean. what if i send a dick pic what will i get i'll let you know i just sent attention it. <laughs> <laughs> all right who wins wins the tea all right the winner of the tea is sterling yancey oh Sweet. Congratulations. Well done. Congratulations. Oh, well, so Sterling, send us a picture of what the freaking shirt looks like. I'm I'm curious about this because it sounds really cool. Yeah, that's good uh, stuff. Yeah, and Danger Dan, like I said, was he's a real nice guy and it's really creative what he's doing. And um yeah, and I'm really curious to see kind of what the shirts look like over the next year. So congratulations, Patreon, and and also thank you for supporting us. Exactly. All right. Back to Sean. <laughs> All right, I think it's a good time. Let's find out since, dude, you're getting bikes from BMW and they're making really some amazing bikes. And I think we got interrupted before when I was saying, what else are you riding right now? Yeah, you're, so you're riding that amazing BMW Victory bike, right? Yeah, the Victory bike. Yeah, the, you know, BMW. Um, oh, not the bagger. For, yeah. The, oh. For good reason. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Back in the 90s, they tried to get into the the American cruising world mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the R1200C. Mm-hmm. We have one in our group. Oh, you do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And yeah, um, we ugly. give it it's, an It's F. ugly. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. It's, um, it, it was what Germans thought Americans wanted. And Wait, wasn't it featured in Moonraker? It was in- The um, James Bond It, it was in the James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah, the dude Jaws. Uh, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Yeah. Goldeneye, Goldeneye yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They did their best. Yeah, yeah. and they, they really pushed that. I, you know, they, they had that thing for- almost seven years they made some variant of it where the, before they finally said okay we're out of this market and we never thought they'd come back so they're now returning and they've brought us the k1600b or the bagger and i'm sorry that, the b stands for bad fucking ass i'm not a bagger fan i sat on that thing when cool dude greg was here last weekend yeah i was in love immediately you know i the thing is that if it's got two wheels i love it I, I like them all but i just don't fit on much you know so I'm a big guy, and, and most bikes that I really enjoy, sport bikes, for example, I just I, I look ridiculous riding them. And the Bagger, I freaking love that bike. It is so much fun to ride, and it's and I fit. And what's funny is my wife, who's five foot one on her tiptoes, she fits. Hmm. 
she can put her feet down yeah. on that thing. Oh, it's great. Wow. What, That's amazing. Yeah. What was funny is when I sat on it and I, I grabbed the bars, I felt like I was on a sport bike. And I looked down and I'm like, why the fuck are my feet in front of me? <laughs> right? But it felt that tight and that nimble. That, it's that was a cool bike. Awesome. And a 1600 motor. I mean, it's got all the great attributes of every kind of motor. It's got yeah. the torque of a twin. It's got the smoothness of a four-cylinder. It's got the raw power. It's it's epic. All right. So BMW has some amazing bikes. And you, let's just assume you can have anyone you want. But come on, there has to be a bike you're pining after that maybe is not as easy to to get. I want to know what your up the butt bike is. <laughs> so uh, um, it's not a BMW. Oh, oh. I'll start by saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, there's a, uh, a museum in... Um, uh, I'm spacing yes. out on the work on the Alabama, state? Alabama, yeah, Barber, Barber, Barber. Yeah. Uh, Barber. yeah, and and it's funny because you know I I, I put on Facebook I'm going I'm see, going to Barber. I heard the op other way around because Barber is huge. I thought Alabama was in Barber, <laughs> damn near, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and uh, suburb. So I go to Bar- I go to Barber, and all my friends say you you know you you're gonna love this place, and 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 I and I really did. But I'm not a lingering guy. I don't sit and stare at stuff. I go, and, and I was in and out of that place in an hour, and yeah. it, which is ridiculous given how many bikes there were. But that's just how I like to look at stuff. But there was one bike there. I don't know what it was called, mm. but it was made out of freaking wood. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and it was like a steam-powered oh, <laughs> oh, bike. Wow. That was at uh, Legends of the uh, – Legend, Legends at um, – the quail, before it was quail, it was Legends. Is that right? It was right? up at Half Moon yeah. Bay. There was a dude there who had a steam engine powered, steam powered bike, and he would have to stoke the fire and get that thing cranked <laughs> up. It's amazing. It ridiculous. And I've seen steam powered, but I've never seen anything in wood. And wow. It was wood. And I saw that thing and went, that's my. Even okay. then, before I knew you guys, I was like, that's my up the butt bike. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to no go out on a limb here and say no one else is ever picking that bike. No, not before. <laughs> We're going to retire so that. since. Yeah. And I, I tried to look it up, and I, can't, I couldn't tell you the name of it. I don't know who made it. But. Wow. I'm well, going to say it's a Hooper. I'm just yeah, guessing. It's the Hooper. I don't even know if a Hooper exists, but I wouldn't Let's name go with a Hooper. wooden steam bike a Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe maybe either that or some, peo- some peyote in the desert. One or the other. <laughs> yeah, <I'm really> sure. <laughs> maybe one of our listeners, listeners will know and let us uh, let us know what it is. So, um, and I wanted to check in real quick about the the new three tens. Three tens. Yeah. So yeah. awesome bike. This is going to be. We're not getting in this conversation now, but there is an ongoing conversation that we are going to be covered, and that's about um, give a shift, which is this new group organization industry insiders trying to figure out why the motorcycle motorcycle industry is so stagnant right now Mm. and one of the things there's been finger pointing at companies like bmw for only catering to the baby boomers and making these big expensive bikes sure but hold on a minute they've got something else coming down the line we didn't expect they do they and in fact um they have they have quite a few new bikes coming down the pike that um that are going to blow people's minds but but in particular the 310 was a, was a real surprise to us all right so the 310, the 310. so is this going to be another one of these platforms where they have the same engine and then different bikes yeah. um, built around it and we're already seeing that happen you know the 310r was the first mm-hmm. iteration and now we have the 310gs um, which is a very similar motorcycle it has a, the same general characteristics um, but a larger front wheel taller suspension but more or less it's the same so the GS, is this, I think Jocelyn was talking about wanting to get a yeah. 310. I'm guessing it's the GS. It is. 
Nice. <laughs> and do you know about what the sticker price is on it? Um, they're in the range of 5000 Oh. Yeah. Mm. Wow. They're really reasonable. <laughs> All right, Jim, you're leaving to go check on the bike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna head out. It's yep. probably best if I'm outside as opposed to in here. All right. We're yeah, we're just losing people. That's all right. We're 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 getting down to the end. No worries. I'll play the role of naked Jim. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't. I'd rather you play the role of the dead possum. <laughs> all right. So. You know, we might as well. I I want to get to some emails, and we're wrapping up. But you know, first, um, I want to say, Sean, thank you for coming out. I would love for you to come back anytime. Like, uh, if you want to come promote the the three ten or an event that's going on, or talk about the GS Trophy somewhere. I know it's not till next year, but um, I know that you have. Oh, wait a minute. You're getting a gift. Uh-huh. Oh, what? What are you getting there, Sean? <laughs> it's a um, big I'm opening up. Um, well, it doesn't count if you tell me what it is. Oh, I get my own cup. Oh, uh, it's very kind. Oh, look thank at you. That. I will cherish it always You're and intimately. Yes, thank you for um, and, and I will I'll throw this out to you here yeah. now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I have in my possession a really interesting motorcycle wait, what? Um, that is very unique in the U.S. Oh, um, okay, it is yeah. a uh, BMW. Um, C Evolution electric scooter. Oh. Oh, okay. Hold on. Really? Uh, Doug here. and I are going to tune out while is, you and Bagel have a conversation. Is this here in Santa Cruz? <laughs> uh, it's it's about thirty miles from here. Really? Yep. And and I have and I will tell you that um, that I ride um, a, an R twelve hundred GS Rally and I ride it pretty well on mm-hmm. asphalt and I got my ass kicked by a guy riding that scooter wow and this guy is like 65 years old and shaped like a pear and he was riding that bike and he beat me and i like it is just a torque monster nice it's good stuff is there any way i could give that a try sometime? i think that i i know a guy oh cool <laughs> i know a guy i'd like to ride it oh, that's right no <laughs> i did i remember i was i think trolling your facebook and you had it and i was like oh it'd be really cool if we yeah could. I've got one i'm happy to bring it down Ooh, i'd love to I can bring that. it here and you can check it out how do you feel cool. about next sunday Unfortunately, um, Thailand calls uh, for Thailand in uh, a week from today and, and from there to Cleveland. But I'm back in February. Cool. Okay. I we definitely love, have to make that happen. Yeah. I'd love to see that. Um, but yeah, yeah I want to give that out that invite. If there's anything going on, please uh, come and share it with us. Thank you. I you, will. You've been brought into our world. Uh, I know honored. I know you have your own like YouTube channel <laughs> and, and, the, and the podcast I hope to see live again, but... I, I just love if, if it's about bikes, I, I like being a part of it. So I'm totally glad to be here. Totally, dude. Totally. Cool. So I wanted to um, read a couple emails because we've been getting a lot, and I know we're still playing catch up. But, you know, we it's talking about community. Sean, we have the best listeners. We really do. <laughs> we get Excellent. so much love. D- what do you have there, Douglas? I have an email uh, titled Awesome Podcast, and before I put you on the spot, Bagel, I'm going to have you read this name when it comes to it, because <laughs> I'm going to say it incorrectly, Okay. but I know you probably know how to say it, okay? Yep. So this is from Ken in Melbourne, Australia. He says, hi, I'm from Melbourne, Australia, and I've been riding a number of years. I am new to your podcast, and I really enjoy it, and if all plans work out, I may even be in your area later this year. Awesome. I have just listened to the podcast about Tony Guerra. Uh, there are a couple of movies about the magic of Dakar from a non-American perspective and how it grabs you. These guys are not professionals, just guys chasing their dreams. That's cool. The first is... Christophe Barrier-Varjou. 
That's exactly how I was going to say it. Uh, <laughs> he is a Frenchman, but he has been living in Australia for many years. His movie is called Dream Racer, and it is available at dreamracer.tv and well worth watching. Hmm. It's all about how hard it is to just even get to start in the race. Uh, the second is Lyndon Poskett, and his movies are on YouTube. His channel is called Adventure Spec. That's A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S-P-E-C. Uh, watch his movie, Maie Moto, The Forgotten Dakar Story. Uh, the Dakar is by far the hardest race in the world as a privateer, uh, but the Isle of Man is the most dangerous and the most amazing spectacle. Mm. Mm. While there are many great racers and races, for me, they all pale in, in signif- into insignificance when compared to these two events. That's pretty interesting. Keep up the great podcast, Ken. Ken, thank you for writing in. That went back to That's when we stuff. had a conversation about who's the best writer in the world. Like, what writing, uh, you know, accomplishment or race do you think makes somebody the best writer in the world? We were talking about, really, a lot of it came down to Dakar versus sure. Isle of Man. Sure. Two completely different things. And and MotoGP, but um, everybody has their own opinion, and they're yeah. all valid. Yeah, I... I I'm with you there. I mean, yeah, I, I no. couldn't do any of them, but I have personally watched the car. I've been there and watched what they go through. Um, and I, I've seen what the riders feel like when they're f- finished for the day. And I, I've never seen anybody push themselves so hard in any sport anywhere ever. It's amazing. No doubt. Um, I've got one here and this one actually came in the form of a handwritten. Wow. Letter. What is People that? still do that. Not just an email. Is that papyrus? That's amazing. Um, this one is from Alfredo. This is Misfits. I just found your podcast and I'm hooked. I feel home when I listen and wish I was there eating pizza and talking shit. Motorcycles (laughs) have always been a part of my life since I was six years old. Wow. 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 I'm currently down to 14 bikes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you, man. (laughs) Wait, Some are in random garages, backyards, kitchen, and bedroom. Oh, my. They range from a Rally 200 Vespa to XS650 to GSAs. Nice. My uh, my current trip will be to South America, leaving on the 27th of December and planning my route using dangerousroads.org. Nice. So he's on it right now. Cool. That's cool. And then I don't know why he puts this at the end. He says, P.S., the cash is for your New Year's Eve party. Enjoy. Hmm, the cash. Oh, yes. Jim and I enjoyed that money. Thank you. It bought, or no, Bagel. We enjoyed yes. it. bought us dinner when we were setting up nice. the the. the this room actually that's great so alfredo uh, i can't wait to hear about your adventures that's awesome that's awesome man. what you got there bagel so i have an email from matthew faila and matthew says hey gang let me first say i am a frequent listener and i love the podcast it has provided me so much entertainment and a good distraction when i needed when i needed it all lies (laughs) i wanted to ask if you know of a good route from your neck of the woods down the coast of california i have never ridden out there but i am thinking of planning a trip to take a ride and rent a bike what would be the best best place to rent from? I really want to try the BMW R9T. I have three days. Is that enough to ride to have a good ride down to the Los Angeles area? And are there any good places to stay or eat along the way? Thanks for taking the time to read. I'm taking this trip because I have been battling severe depression, and here in rural Wisconsin, the winter can really drag you down. Bikes make me so happy, and this trip would really help me out. Thanks. Well, Matthew, uh, I think that you have an excellent plan in mind. Um, and you can definitely do uh, the trip from here down to L.A. in is, three days. The roads are cleared. Oh, yeah. Are they clear now? Yeah. Three well, days is plenty to have enough time to stop and look at stuff. I don't. Not, highway, highway one is not open all the way yet. Yeah. Um, that's that's the big problem. Now, normally, Highway one would take you all the way down. 
Um, and it's a beautiful ride. But it is closed uh, around Big Sur. I think it's the south of Big Sur that's oh, closed. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, The Mud Slide or whatever it's called. But um, uh, the Mud Creek Slide, I think. And that's going to be another year or so probably until they get that done at least. But the good news but, is it detours you up over the mountains through Twisty Road. Yes, through Nesimian to Ferguson Road, if yes, I'm not mistaken. Yes. And that is an awesome, awesome road to take. So if you can just find a way to map around that closure, which I'm sure most of the navigation software will do these days, um, you'll have an awesome ride. Um, if you don't want to go along the coast down all the way, though, you could also take Highway 25. Um, that goes from Hollister down to, uh, well, really the middle of nowhere. Uh, but then you can keep going down <laughs> south, uh, basically following the roads, uh, Indian Valley or Indian Valley Road and, and River Road. Um and that's a very cool inland route that pa basically parallels the San Andreas Fault. You can literally see the fault in the ground as you're riding along past it. It's really cool. Uh, some highlights on one is Nepenthe Restaurant. Beautiful yeah. restaurant, great views. Yeah, that's um, good stuff. When you get down to L.A., the Rock Store. I mean, everyone has to go to the yeah, Rock Store. Yeah, that's a must. Yeah. Um, and then also, if you go up An Angeles Crest Highway, is Newcomb Ranch, right? Newcomb, yeah. Yeah, Newcomb mm. Ranch. It's kind of a destination mm. for bikers, yeah. too. Also okay. look up uh, Mount Madonna Hotel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a cool place for sure. Yeah. yeah in, in San Luis Obispo, you mean, San right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, not, yeah, yeah. not the one here. Not at Mount Madonna. Not at Mount Madonna, no. Prepare yeah. to be disappointed yeah, if Mount, you go to the yeah. one here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mount Madonna Inn in San Luis Obispo is super cool. Yeah, there's so many things to see and do. And and definitely uh, stop at the bubblegum wall in San Luis Obispo, Don't. Save yourself the trip. is disgusting. And um, but he also is asking about where to rent from. Um, I know of Double Jew Motor Motorsports. Yeah, it's called. in in San Francisco, there's San Francisco. Places, San Francisco yeah. also has MotoQuest. Mm -hmm. um, if you have interest in going off road, they allow that on their bikes, mm -hmm. which is nice. Is, is there is there like a Southern California drop off too? You got to worry about yep. getting the bike back. MotoQuest has a Southern Cal in Long okay. Beach. Okay, that would work then. Nice. Yeah, they're super good people too. Cool. cool. Sean, you got an email to read there? I do. Uh, this one is from Murray. Um, it says, hi, folks. I just want to send a thank you for the outstanding podcasts. I'm a first-time emailer and a long-time listener. You help keep my sanity during <laughs> 40 weeks in the winter. And also a few <sighs> years ago when I had an inner ear virus and thought my motorcycling days were done. Ooh. I lost my ability to even walk because oh. I lost my sense of balance. Wow. That sounds like a sidecar motorcycle to me. <laughs> Luckily, I fully recovered. It took months. Awesome. And it yeah. gave me wow. time to catch up on my backlog of podcasts I had. Sweet. I would love some <laughs> stickers you mentioned on a recent podcast. I was wondering oh, yeah. how I can get you a self-addressed envelope from Canada. Could I make a donation and would you be able to send some my way? I would love them on my garage tool cabinets and a bit of, and it would add a bit of class to the place. I think we could manage some something like that. I'm, I'm no, I'm going to throw out a different option here. Mm -hmm. I want to do a trade. Ooh. All right. Send me something can Canadian, maybe some stickers from Canada, <laughs> <laughs> and I will send you some stickers from us. Good. Maybe you could, you could send you some Tim Hortons coffee though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sweeten that deal and add mm -hmm. a pair of Dude Rock on stickers. <laughs> All right. There you go. Nice. Wait, how do you say it? How do you say it? Dude. Rock on. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say that your show keeps getting better and better. The guests from the community have been amazing. Jocelyn Snow and Tony yeah. Guerra, 
stand out in recent memory. Yeah. I really appreciate the technical advice as well as pointing me in the direction of the boys from Cleveland. Yeah. I have two common problems you and many of your listeners have. The P word and too many bikes. <laughs> the P word? That's inside, apparently. I don't know what that is. The, 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 uh, I don't, wait, huh? The P word. I don't know. Wait, I don't know. I'm blanking. I'm too. taking that in the sexual context. Anyway, I have three projects in order. Of... Oh, the project bike. Oh, there you go. The B um, word, the project. My bike. idea was better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have three projects in order of stupidity. 1972 Triumph Bonneville T120 hardtail. SOS oh. Emma. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> 1982 Vespa P200E. Ooh, nice second original owner almost running Help Bagel. Oh, dude. And we'll, a we'll 1985 Honda Nighthawk 650 for my wife, and it's almost done. Good bike. <laughs> my up the butt bike is a BMW R9T, which I own. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and no lube or foreign objects were required. <laughs> hey, <Mine's>, straight up. <laughs> I'm digging this guy. Uh, my lovely wife um, let me order it after I test rode one at a BMW MOA event. The most expensive bike rally ever as my buddy did the same thing after riding a K1600 GT. Uh, oh, wow. My herpes bike. <laughs> he refers to the bike I can't seem to get rid of. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Um, is a 2007 BMW F650 GS Dakar. Mm. I think that's the last year they made them. Mm-hmm. Um, I also I have almost sold it twice and just can't seem to get rid of it. Probably because I've ridden the bike in every month except February so far. See attached pictures as well as yeah, my R9T a bunch of projects. pictures in the riding in the snow. Nice. I stopped, though, after my wife wouldn't help me get the bike up the driveway because of the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I believe her words were, I told you not to take it out. I don't care if you break your leg trying to get it up, you dumb shit. It's your bed. Now you got to lay in it. <laughs> Good stuff, Murray. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And um, I just a couple other things I wanted to cover, things that I think are really cool that you sh- should be on your radar, too. One is there is a website called twistedroad.com, and we may have mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, but I've been following it. Sean, have you heard of this? I have not. It's basically Airbnb for your motorcycle. Nice. Twistedroad.com. So people are listing their bikes there and how much they want per day to rent it. And when you go into some city, you can... You can rent their bike. Nice. So, Douglas, I checked it out. The The closest bike to us for rent right mm-hmm. now is Josh Herman's Grom. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Exactly. I think That's I, might awesome. Put, I might put my bike up on that. And the yeah, reason I'm saying it's, it's still cool. kind of a new, there's not a lot of bikes on there. Like, there's a bunch up in San Francisco, but there's none here in Santa Cruz. I think I'm going to mm. put my Versus on there. Um, wow. As well as other cities. Like, we're going up to Portland soon, and I was checking out to see what was available. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we're getting to Portland. Maybe I'll hop on a bike. And I think sure. there was um, a Triumph Scrambler and a Versus uh, available. Nice. Um, so, anyway, if go to TwistedRoad.com if you want to rent a bike. Or if you want to list your bike, and I think this is a great thing. Let's all throw our bikes on there yeah, and, yeah. and make this happen. <laughs> and maybe we could afford to like keep them all running. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And um, people are, like average price. People are asking like a hundred bucks a day. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes for like like 
there was like a GS750. <laughs> you know, 100 bucks. Nice. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the other thing that should be on your radar right now, right now, the Dakar rally is happening. Right now. I think this is day two. Got a friend running it. Oh, who do you have running? Uh, Bill Conger. Nice. Yeah, Bill's out there ra- racing right now. I wish you well, buddy. Where's he out of? Um, he's out of South Carolina. Oh, cool. So besides uh, following Bill Conger, there's two people that I'm kind of following in this. Yep. One is Toby Price. Now, a lot of people may know that name. Toby Price, he, um, he he won it once before, but there's a great little documentary I just watched called Paying the Price, and it talks about how um, Toby, this Australian uh, writer, just amazing writer, in the first year he entered Dakar, he made it to the podium. Mm. And then he was racing here in California, and he broke his neck. And he broke his neck so horribly, they were surprised he sur- that he survived, that he was wow. able to live. Yeah. Not just that, he... Came back, and in 2016, he won the Dakar. That's amazing. Wow. And so this documentary is about that. So he's out there racing again. Um, but the other person that is really, really cool is Laia Sands from Spain. Have you mm, heard of her? I have. Uh, she's a KTM rider. And did you hear me say I said she? Yep, she is out there riding with everyone, and after the first day, she was in 15th place. Nice. Wow. She, I believe last year, was in the top 10. Sweet. That's amazing. She's an amazing rider. And what's really cool is I've been going to um, the Red Bull channel. I don't know if people know that there's a Red Bull channel. Mm. I watch, I stream it, and they have a lot of these little features and documentaries and shorts and updates on Dakar, and that's where I've learned about all of them. Nice. And it's got me really stoked in, in following Dakar. So um, check out Dakar and, and follow uh Laya Sands, Toby Price, and and Bill Conger. Bill Conger, because uh, that is some amazing writing. Cool. So I think, um, other than that, I just want to again thank you to Zero3D.com for sticking with us and being our sponsor. Um, we ran their ad at the, the top of the show, but thanks for supporting us. And that just goes back to all of our Patreon subscribers too. Thank you, and our listeners, but especially people like Sean who are coming in. And spending the time. This and was an absolute shit show. <laughs> I I so sorry. Not only do we have the accident, people not showing up, um, but also when we're just setting up, like my headphones broke, and like it was just, yeah. and we were having problems with our channels on the soundboard and shit One show. But we we struggled through. We made it. Thank you very much. Yeah, and then, um, Doug, you had one more thing you wanted to mention. Well, yeah, I did the the Ridge Runners MC 100 mile yeah. uh, dual sport ride uh, on New Year's Day. It was a ton of fun. Hmm. Um, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but yeah. um, quick recap. So I show up at like 8:30 in the morning, and I'm expecting like a dual sport ride, and I see a parking lot, just a sea of little 250s, uh, 400s motocross bikes, and I'm like, oh shit, this is the type of ride it's gonna be. I'm expecting mm. like street <laughs> roads to fire roads, mm-hmm. and then maybe some double track or something. Nice. Now this shit, <laughs> and so I'm on my 650R with dirt wheels, and um, it's all single track, privately owned, really mm. technical stuff. Oh, um, nice. And my bike is capable. Uh, I am not as capable as my bike, but uh, I was able to do most of it. Um, but it really like the first loop kind of kind of kicked my ass, and I was tired the rest of the day. Wow! And I was riding with Megan because uh, Antonio and and Jason were off doing their thing, um, 
and she was having some bike problems. So we skipped a few loops and uh, got up to Summit where they're, they're like, I don't know if it's a clubhouse up there or where their, their private property is owned, but there's lots and lots of single track up there. Nice. Mm. That I had no idea. It just like spurts off of Have you done dirt this, Summit Road. Never. Do wow. you know about this, Ridge I, Runners? I don't. It yeah. was it was incredible. Yeah. And it, a lot of it was really difficult. A lot of it was pretty, pretty chill. I think if I was on a smaller bike, I would have had a lot easier time. But, New Year's mm. Day every year, they get all these people, the properties open it up and they do this big ride through That's the Santa cool. Cruz Mountains. Uh, 190 riders. That's awesome. Yeah, 190, 190 riders. Wow. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm going to do it again next year, but I'm going to have uh, a smaller bike, I think. I, uh, I think maybe this sounds like a perfect test for the 310 GS. I, indeed. Yeah. Mm. I think uh, I think I want to take my 1200 up there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. He thought his big red pig was a big pig, and you want to take <laughs> yeah. the biggest pig. It seemed uh, <laughs> even bigger up there that day. I've taken it to Hollister a few times, so yeah. I'm used to riding it on, on trails and stuff, but this, some of this stuff was... It was like Real like you were tight. talking about navigating through trees that you can you barely even fit the handlebars yeah. through, you know, like on the way up to the, the their place on Summit where they fed us was good, too. So nice. Um, yeah, it was tons of fun. But yeah, definitely give it a shot. But if you're up there <laughs> and you get stuck, you, you can't go forward. You can't. There's no way out of there except for on the trail. <laughs> well, but this all uh, goes in line. I, I love this trend. You know, everyone's talking about adventure riding is yep. a trend. But, you know, we've gotten into dirt and then. um like Jim and Nock and I did the Sheet Iron 300 last year. I'm really enjoying this adventure riding because I think it all translates into better rider on the street. Indeed. Certainly. And I do want to look into uh, Rawhide or are there any other classes closer to us? Because Rawhide is down Southern California, is it? Yeah. So Rawhide is the closest to this location. Okay. Um, the uh, BMW Performance Center is opening up a facility in California mm. as well, a little further south. Um, and... Uh, that's those are the two players that are you know within a, a day's ride i urge to people like this is it's fun and um but it does make you a better rider but all these things uh go in line you know dakar all of that i'm just having fun but i'll tell you the one thing i'm i'm discovering um anything that has adventure attached to it <laughs> is just more comfortable <laughs> I've, I've got some adventure <laughs> pants i got my adventure <laughs> helmet an adventure bike and it's more upright. I just find it's just more comfortable. Yeah. I, I agree. The riding posture is really neutral and relaxed. It's good stuff. Nice. So I think we're ready to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we've lost half of the room, but that's okay <laughs> because, you know, we're just doing biker stuff and we're taking care of our people. So thanks again nice. for listening. Um, go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Find the links to everything, to our YouTube page, um, to our Facebook page, all of that. And I will put, um, you know, I'm going to put a link to your Adventure Brothers video okay. in, in our show notes because I really enjoy it. Okay, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. Nice. So on that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. This is Eliza. Bagel. Douglas. Sean Thomas. And we're out of here. Cool, cool. cool. Rock on. Rock on.